Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. Let's go and look at Acts chapter 27 this morning. And uh, let me just review very quickly before we read a passage in Acts 27. After being imprisoned in Caesarea for two years, remember Paul appealed to, to uh, Caesar, made his appeal to Caesar. And so Festus, who was the governor of Judea, made arrangements for Paul to go to be transferred to Rome. And so Paul was actually put into the custody of a centurion, a Roman centurion named Julius, who then booked passage for him and for some other prisoners on a ship of Alexandria, which was bound for Italy. And you remember they encountered some difficulty in their initial in their initial uh, journey. And so after that initial difficulty, they had to decide whether they're going to whether they were going to continue their journey during what had become a dangerous season to travel. It was time for uh, that there wasn't much traveling during this particular season. And so they had to decide, do we continue on to Rome or do we just kind of put in for the winter and wait for the bad weather uh, to pass? And so you remember that Paul advised against it. Uh, Paul said, I perceive that there's going to be loss of life, there's going to be great damage. And so Paul advised against it. But remember, as we discussed last week, the centurion who was in charge the centurion paid more attention to the pilot of the ship and to the owner of the ship. And so they made the decision that they were going to attempt to make their way at least to Phoenix, which was a harbor on the other side uh, of Crete. And so now let's look at Acts chapter 27. Let's rejoin the travel log actually in verse number, uh, verse number 13. Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed acre and they sailed along Crete close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the northeast, Northeaster struck down from land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. And running under the lee of a small island named Calda, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. And after hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then, fearing that they would run aground on, uh, on the Sirtis, they lowered the gear, and thus they were driven along. Verse 18, And since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo, and on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. And when neither, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Verse 21, since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed, set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul, you must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. And when the fourteenth night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea about midnight, 
The sailors suspected that they were nearing land, so they took a sounding and found 20 fathoms. A little farther on, they took a sounding again and found 15 fathoms. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and they prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat um, into the sea under the pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. And as day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. And then they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. And we were in all 276 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for um, the scripture that we just read. We pray that, God, you would strengthen our faith in the midst, Lord, of any storm uh, that we may encounter and that, God, you would restore our hope when it may seem that all hope is lost. God, anoint me to preach this morning. Please send your Holy Spirit to accomplish your will, and we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. How many knows it's really hard not to say, when it's applicable, it's really hard not to say, I told you so. You, you, have you ever had the occasion to say, I told you so? Um, it's, so it's really hard to resist when, when you have the opportunity. It's really hard to resist saying, I told you so. I don't, it's usually, listen, it's usually not a good idea for husbands, uh, children, or employees to say it uh, very often. Uh, but even the Apostle Paul can't resist telling the crew of this ship of Alexandria men, you should have listened to me. How many knows they should have listened to Paul, right? So Paul says, basically, I told you so. Uh, in fact, we should all listen to what the Apostle Paul says. Can I get an amen? We talked about that already. All of us should listen to what Paul says. And for that matter, we should listen to the rest of the Bible too. Amen? All of God's Word. We should pay attention to what God's Word says. Um, like the, the men on this storm-tossed ship, eventually we will regret doing our own thing and not listening to the Word of God. We ought to always listen to the Word of God. We ought to always do what God tells us uh, to do. And when we don't, and when we pay more attention to someone else or to ourselves, what our heart is telling us or what our instincts are telling us, how many of we will always regret not doing what God's Word says. Just like these men uh, on the boat. They, they eventually, they regretted not listening to Paul and not doing what he said. The Bible says that there is a way that seems right to a man, uh, but the end of that way is always what? Destruction. The end of the way is destruction. It's always wiser to follow the counsel and the commands of God's Word. Say amen. Amen. That makes me feel better. So it's always wiser to, feel, to follow God's counsel and to follow God's commands. Uh, all, always. But often... 
we don't do that. We, we don't always follow God's word and his commands. We Sometimes we reject God's wisdom and we choose our own way, what seems best to us or what seems best to someone else. And part of the reason that we do that, uh, part of the reason, not, not the entire reason, but part of the reason that we do that is that we cannot see the end from the beginning. God's word says there's a way that seems right to us, but the end of that way is destruction. And problems, adversity, trials, storms lie that way. But our limitation is that we can't always see the end of the matter. And in reality, sometimes the beginning of the matter seems what? It seems good to us. This seems to be the right way to go. What we can see is usually the beginning, and sometimes the beginning looks promising. Uh, it looks good um, indeed, in verse number 13, did you notice the crew of the ship that's carrying Paul to Rome? They felt, in verse number 13, they felt vindicated in their choice, didn't they? To ignore what Paul said and to set sail for Crete, uh, Crete because it says that a gentle south wind blew them along the coast of Crete. And so they were making uh, good progress along the coast of Crete and they probably felt vindicated they probably glanced over at Paul a few times and said aha see we were right uh, we did the right thing because look at this gentle wind that's blowing us uh, along the coast and they thought the Bible says they thought that they had obtained their purpose they believed that they were going to have uh, success they thought that they had made the right choice and the right decision they were optimistic they were brimming with confidence as they pursued their own course. And you know what? They remind me of the rich man in Luke chapter 12, a parable that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 12. The Bible says that his land, the land of this rich man had produced plentifully. And so he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. I will do this. Do you notice? He said, I, I've made up, I'm going to do this. Just like uh, these men on the boat said, no, we're going to do, here's what we're going to do. The rich man said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and I will build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But Luke 12 says, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Who's going to get all of the stuff that you've stored up for yourself? You see, when we plan what we will do based on what we see and what we think is best, how many knows that we fail to consider what God can see and what God thinks is best for us and what God will do. And, and even if it begins well, when we set our course and we begin to make our, our, our own way, even when it begins well, how many knows we cannot know how it's going to end? because it doesn't always end well. In fact, experience teaches us, and we know this, our lives can change quickly, can't they? All it takes is a 
uh, a phone call. All it takes is a split second on the highway. All it takes is one moment in our life and a life that seems to be going in a good direction and everything happening. Uh, and we're pleased. We're confident of our success. We're sure of our purpose. It can change in an instant. Can it? And we've all seen that. We've all experienced it. We've seen it in the lives of others. We probably have experienced it in our own lives as well. For example, here in this passage, the Bible says that the south wind that blew gently in verse number 13, in verse, verse number 14, it says, soon it became a tempestuous northeaster. The, the winds in our life can suddenly change, can't they? The favorable winds that are blowing today, tomorrow can become storm clouds in our life and we can be confronted with difficulty and, and opposition. The crew that had been so optimistic and sure uh, just a little while earlier were now, did you notice it says now they're throwing the cargo, cargo overboard because they're afraid, what, the waves crashing over the, over the ship with the weight of the cargo and the weight of the water that was coming, they were afraid they were going to sink. So just... Just one verse earlier, one day earlier, they had been optimistic and confident that they had obtained their course and that they were going to succeed, and now they're bailing water and they're throwing cargo over, over the, side of the uh, side of the ship. In verse number 13, they're filled with hope, but in verse number 20, look, they abandon all hope. They've lost all hope. And that's when Paul stands up. In verse number 21, that's when Paul stands up and he says what? I told you so. I told you so. Well, what he actually says is, you should have listened to me. And you should not have set sail from Crete. And you would not have incurred this injury. And you would not have incurred this loss. You see, when we fail to follow the wisdom that is from God, we eventually regret it. We eventually regret it. God, God will allow us to make our own plans. God will allow us to go our own way. God will allow us to do our own thing because He knows that eventually we'll have a rendezvous with reality in our life. He tries to warn us in His Word, right? He, he, tries to, he puts people in our paths that will try to tell us God's truth and give us godly counsel but the reality is that nothing preaches louder than personal pain. And, and usually it's a simple four-word sermon. I told you so. I told you so. But, but that's not all that Paul says here in this passage. It would be depressing if that's all that he said. I, I told you so. That's, that's not all that Paul says to his shipmates. In fact, um, he's not, when he stands up to speak to them, he's not standing up to gloat. He's not standing up to say, aha, I told you so, you guys, you messed up. That's not Paul's purpose uh, in verse number 21. In fact, he's not trying to condemn them. He's actually trying to comfort them. And he wants to give them encouragement. Verse 21 says, since they had been without food for a long time, Paul had compassion on them. And since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them to speak, and he had words of encouragement uh, for them. In verse number 22, it says that he urged them to do what? Take heart. 
because there will be no loss of life to you, but only, only the ship. Paul was, Paul was able to tell them confidently, take heart, don't worry. Uh, no one's going to lose their life. The ship is going to be grounded somehow. The ship... Paul encouraged them, why, how can Paul be so confident in the face of such a severe storm? Well, it was because the night before... He had been visited by an angel from God who had a word from God. And that word was what? Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all of those who sail with you. So Paul had a word from God. He knew that no matter how bad the storm was, no matter how desperate the situation might seem, he knew that ultimately it was God's purpose that he was going to stand before Caesar and God had given him a promise that all of those that were accompanying him would be spared as well. He had a word from, from God. Paul was confident that they would arrive in Rome. And, and although he had been against sailing from Crete, he was now sure that they were going to survive because God had given him a promise. And Okay, but it's something remarkable about this episode. The ship was in the storm. Why? Because uh, the crew had not listened to Paul. And although the ship would be destroyed because of the crew's disobedience, notice they would all be saved because of Paul's obedience to, to God. So they are, they're all on the same ship. They're all experiencing the same storm, but for very different reasons. For very different reasons. The crew was in the storm because they had chosen to do what? To reject Paul's advice and go their own way, uh, do their own thing. They're suffering. The crew is suffering the consequences of their foolish choice and the foolish actions. Paul, on the other hand, is in the same storm, uh, but Paul is not disobedient. Paul has remembered, Paul has surrendered himself to the will of God. So he's, Paul is suffering too. He's in the same storm, but it's not because he has been disobedient. And, and it's a mystery what's going on in this, in this episode. It's actually a, it's a paradox of God's inscrutable wisdom that the same event can have such different applications, but it can teach us at least this. If you disobey God, you will not succeed. On the other hand, if you obey God, you cannot fail. Isn't that amazing? Two, two kinds of people on one ship in the same storm, suffering the same things. One of them suffering because of their disobedience that they had rejected God's word. Another because he had given himself completely over to the will of God. And it teaches us that if, if you disobey God, you, you will not succeed. There's no way that you'll succeed if you reject God's truth and reject God's word. However, if you obey God, then you cannot, you cannot fail. It it may be that the way you have chosen is wrong and 
And if the way that you have chosen is wrong, then I'm going to tell you this morning, you will not succeed. But it may be this morning that um, that you are doing, for a while it may seem like you're doing good, that you're enjoying some success. However, I'm confident of this. If you are, if you are not obeying God, you're not serving God, doing your own thing, there will come, there will come a reckoning in your life. There will come an, an I told you so moment in your life when you will understand that you cannot continually reject God and succeed and leave and live. Um, it's it's in it's in God's mercy if if you are given the opportunity to confront that before it's too late. Just like these men, they have the opportunity to re realize uh, that it's their own disobedience that have put them in that situation. So it's God's mercy if you have the opportunity in this life to recognize, hey, I've made bad choices, wrong decisions. I've tried to do it my own way, and my life is a mess because I've tried to do it without God. That's God's mercy revealing to you that you cannot succeed if you reject God's will in, in your life. So hopefully we get that opportunity uh, to recognize that God gives these sailors that opportunity to escape with their lives uh, in spite of their disobedience. But it also may be that you're doing your best to obey God. Maybe you're not running away from God. Maybe you're trying your best to honor God and obey Him. And yet, they're being tossed by the storms of life. The great danger for you is that you'll lose heart and that you'll abandon hope. Like Paul, I'm standing before you today to say, take heart. Uh, if you're trying to serve God and do His will, and yet the storms of life are blowing and you're confronted with opposition and difficulty and you're suffering, not as a result of disobedience because you're trying to do your own thing, but you're saying, God, I'm trying to serve you. I want to do what your will is. And yet it seems the storms of life are buffeting you. I'm here to tell you this morning, take heart. Trust in God. I'm, I'm pleading with you this morning. Don't give up. Don't abandon ship. Just hold on because God is going to get you through this. God has a purpose in your life. You know, there's a song that we used to sing when I was a, when I was a boy. Um, and I used to love to sing it because the words in the song painted such a, um, vivid images on my imagination when we would sing the song. Let me see if you remember it. Some of you probably will. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. Do you know the chorus? Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. If you've ever had that experience before, when you finally became aware that you were sinking in the sea of uh, your own disobedience and your own sinfulness, then thank God for His mercy. That He brought you to that place where you finally realized, hey, I'm, 
I am sinking because of my own sin and because of my own disobedience, because I insisted I've got to have it my way and do it my You'll never succeed if you choose on doing it your way. And it's God's mercy and it's God's grace that he brings you to that moment of rec uh, realization where you say, I told you so. I cannot succeed if I don't do it God's way. If I'm intent on trying to do it myself, then I'm going to fail. And I'm going to sink deeper in sin. Thankfully, if you ever had that moment in your life, you cried out to God for his help. He saved you. His love lifted you out of the dangerous, angry waves that were created by your own disobedience. I think we should just stop right now and just thank the Lord for his great salvation. Amen. Lift your hands to the Lord and let's thank him for that. Father, we thank you for your salvation. We thank you that, God, you saw us while we were sinking deep in sin. It was our own sin. It was our own disobedience, God, that put us there. But Father, you had mercy upon us. You heard our despairing cry, and you lifted us up, God, and saved us by your grace, and we're thankful for it. The second verse of that same song expresses the happy heart of the person that has been saved from certain shipwreck in their life. Do you know the second verse? All my heart to him I give, ever to him I cling. In his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true merits my soul's best songs. Faithful, loving service to, to him belongs. The response of a heart that has been rescued out of the waves of sin and destruction is to give themselves completely, just like Paul, to give themselves completely over to God. Say, so God, I'm going to give myself over to your will, serve you with all of my heart and with all of my strength. But it's the third verse that's on my mind this morning. It's the third verse that says this, Souls in danger, look above. Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea. Billows his will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be be saved today. See, souls in danger are not only souls that are lost. Uh, souls in danger may be those souls that are trying to do their best to do the will of God, trying their hardest to obey God, and nevertheless, they're caught in some storm of life. Something is buffeting uh, them. I've, I've known Christians who serve God with all of their heart, love God all of their heart, and yet have had to suffer horrible, horrible things. Sickness and disease and divorce and poverty. I mean, you name it. They suffered some horrible things. It, it wasn't because they were disobedient to God. It was because they had given themselves over completely to Him. And yet, uh, they had suffered some terrible things. And so, some Christians... Um, sometimes have to suffer terrible things. And, but I've known some Christians that have suffered uh, terrible things and they've been blown off course by the storms that they've, they went through. I'm, I've seen some Christians throw everything away because of some storm that they went through in their life. 
And I'm like I said, I'm here like Paul this morning to encourage you. Take heart. Don't lose hope. Don't abandon ship. Don't give up this morning. Jesus is able to completely save you this morning. No matter what storm you're in, no matter what difficulty you're going through, keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what distinguished Paul from the rest of these uh, folks in this story. Did you notice throughout the story, their, their eyes are constantly on what? The conditions. Oh, there's a favorable west wind blowing here. Did you notice that uh, right before Paul stands up, or uh, it says they take a sounding because they see that they're running into close words. So their eyes are constantly doing what? Testing the conditions. They're constantly watching the wind, watching the waves. Their eyes are always on the conditions. Paul's eyes are where? On Jesus Christ. He says, hey, I've got a word from God. I know that I'm going to be okay. And he is with me. So keep your eyes on Jesus, not on the conditions. And then finally learn to feast on Jesus Christ. Did you notice that just before the end of the passage that we read this morning, it says that Paul stood up and said, hey, you guys haven't eaten for a long time. You're all tired. We're all weak. We haven't had any food. And it says that he stood up and he did what? He gave, took bread and he gave thanks and broke the bread. The symbolism there is obvious that it's a, it's kind of a communion symbolism. He's breaking bread. And at least in Paul's mind, he's understanding that his strength comes from Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, then your strength is small. And our response to that is, should be this. Yes, our strength is small. Our strength is small. We're, we're weak. And it doesn't matter how strong you think you are, how smart you think you are. Um, eventually, trying to do it on your own, do your own thing, you will fail. You will come up short. You have to trust in the strength of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to bow your head, if you would. Close your eyes. Mike, would you come to the keyboard this morning? And we're going to pray. First of all, I want to pray for anybody that's here this morning that you may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Maybe you have charted your own course. You're doing your own thing. And it may be that this morning is a moment. Maybe, maybe it's a rendezvous with reality. And maybe something I've said this morning has confronted you with that kind of I told you so moment. If you insist on doing your own thing, going your own way, you will not. You will not succeed. But if you give yourself over to Jesus Christ and you do His will, then you cannot fail. So you're here this morning and you've been doing your own thing. Today is the opportunity. This is the chance. God is confronting you with a decision you can place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. Don't leave here this morning under your own strength and in your own power. Don't, don't leave here this morning determined to resume the course that you have set for yourself. Decide right here, right now, God, I want to do your will. Follow, Father, I want to follow after your heart because that's the only way that I can have be ensured that I will have success. So if you're here this morning, you need to turn your heart, your life over completely to Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand. I'll pray with you. 
And you can leave this morning, again, not under your own power, not in your own strength, but you can leave here this morning under the direction of Jesus Christ. The wind of the Holy Spirit can be the wind that is in your sails that is pushing you along and directing you to complete and do what He has called you to do. Is there anybody this morning who say, Pastor Tim, would you pray for me? I want Today I want to give my life. I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life and turn myself completely over to Him. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? If you're here today and you're going through some kind of storm, some kind of adversity, it may be. Now listen, don't leave and say, Pastor Tim said this is what it is. It may be that the storm that you're going through, the message in that storm is that God is saying, hey, you've gotten off course and you're trying to do things your own way and it's time for you to get back on course and follow my will, listen to my voice. Stop trying to do your own thing and, and start doing what I've told you to do. And, and if, that's, if that is what this storm means, then listen, that's not condemnation this morning. Don't misunderstand. That's not condemnation. That's God's mercy and His grace for Him to say, hey, you're off course and you're heading for trouble and destruction and you need to get back on course. That's God's grace. Amen? So that may be the message that's in the storm that you're going through right now. But listen, the other side of that, the message might be, hey, hold on. Don't give up. Don't lose. Don't abandon faith. Don't abandon hope. Don't abandon ship. I'm going to get you through this. I've got a purpose for your life. And I'm going to fulfill that purpose. You just have faith. And hold on. And trust. Trust me. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, right now for each person that's here this morning. Lord, I don't, I don't know everything that's going on in everybody's life, God, but I, I feel like, I sense that, Lord, there are those that may be going through some storm, some adversity in their life. And God, I trust you, Lord, to be able to speak to them in the middle of this storm, just like you showed up and you sent a word to Paul in the middle of this storm. God, I believe that you're able to get through to us this morning and you're able to speak to us today, God. It may be that the message that we need to hear is that we've gotten off course somewhere, somehow we're trying to do our own thing, trust in our own strength. God, we thank you that you love us so much that you will not let us go long without correcting us and trying to put us back on course. So God, if that's the message that we need to hear, I pray that God, you'd give us the grace to receive that message, Lord, and to cry out to you this morning and ask that, Lord, you'll help us to get back on course, to surrender ourselves completely to you and abandon ourselves to your will for our life, Father. So if that's you this morning, you just confess that to the Lord and say, Lord, I hear you loud and clear. I repent, God. I confess my disobedience and my sin. And Lord, help me. Help me, God, to get back on course. And Lord, if there are those that are here this morning that are struggling and they're about to lose hope and give up this morning because of the storms in their life, I pray that, God, they will hear you say to them, take heart. Don't be afraid because I know my purpose for you and my purpose is to bless you and to prosper you 
and to take you to an expected end. You have a destination in your life and I'm going to glorify myself in you and through you. So Father, give them strength. Their strength is small. God, my strength is small. So Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us, God, in our inner man, in our inner woman this morning, that we might have the faith to believe and to trust you, God. Father, we'll give you thanks. And Lord, we give you praise for it. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Let's just bless him this morning. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.